Welcome to Becoming Parents Podcast. I'm your host, Jennifer Campbell. I'm a doula in Washoe County, Nevada, a Medicaid provider, a lactation educator, childbirth educator, and mom of 18. You can find me and connect on doulainreno.com. Remember, give a shout out to those who are brave enough to share their stories with us on how they have become parents. Let's dive in. Welcome to Becoming Parents Podcast. I'm the host, Jennifer Campbell. I'm really excited because I started this bonus episode for you have to be an entrepreneur and a parent in the state of Nevada. And you are Cambry Christensen. Welcome. Thank you so much. I'm really excited. I'm excited to dive into all things because we don't actually know each other very well. So I'm excited to get to know you. I'm excited too. <laughs> Jump in and tell me how you became a parent. Yes. Oh, um, so for that, we're going to have to backtrack a little bit. Love the backtrack. Um, oh, yes. <laughs> so I grew up in Utah, which I love Utah. It's a big part of my life. Moving to Nevada has been change that's for yeah. sure um but in Utah and I had chosen to wait until I had sex until I got married and in Utah it's very normal to I don't know if it is here or not but it's very normal to go into a gynecologist a couple months before you get married and to talk about birth control get all that done and then they also give you a pelvic exam and during my pelvic exam my gynecologist she told me that I my hymen was very thick and she Ooh. said that it was pretty just not very malleable and so she gave me a little tool she's like okay I just want you to stretch this out for a while before you get married because it was like two months before and I was like all right cool so I did that did that did that got married and could not could not have sex it was extremely painful we couldn't even and so after our honeymoon, I went back to the gynecologist, I'm like something's wrong, like something is happening. And she gave me another pelvic exam. It was extremely, extremely painful. And this gynecologist, I would enter to anyone in my situation. I was pain a little bit, it really hurt. And she husband and she's like is this what it's like for you and she's like well yeah she's like describe you some Xanax and take that before you have sex and if nothing changes come back in two weeks and we'll have surgery to open your vagina more and I was like okay so I left feeling terrible like it was horrible because I just scared of surgery I didn't feel like just putting anxiety pills like I didn't feel like the anxiety pills solved the problem and then but I tried I took them I decided to get a second opinion and I actually went to the midwife who my mom had when she had me which was super cool and she told me that I have vaginismus which if you don't know vaginismus is a involuntary tightening of the muscles in the pelvic floor and in the vaginal canal so every time it's like when you have a sore muscle how it's like super sore to the touch like if you touch it it just hurts and it's just that knife hurting it's like that except it's involuntary so i don't have much control of it or at least i didn't then um 
So I found that out, which was great to find that out, just knowing really what the problem was instead of feeling like I was, like I had issues. Like I, it was just something in my head like that, which just was a horrible feeling. So being able to know that, and she referred me to a fifth floor physical therapist mm -hmm. who I went to once and then my insurance changed. So I was only able to go to her once. Um, but she recommended the use of dilators to help me get comfortable with down there to get me comfortable with my vagina and help me be okay with inserting things. Cause I had never even really used tampons. Like I used them maybe twice. And even then I did not enjoy them. And so it, it was about eight months into mine and my husband's marriage before we finally had intercourse. And, um, but a couple months before that, so we got married in June and then in November was when I had met with my second midwife, when I had met with this midwife and she told me that, and then I started working with dilators, um, late December, early January, just on my own and working a lot with breathing, just helping to relax and be able to with those muscles down there and be able to relax them because the spasming is involuntary, but I can voluntarily relax them with a lot of meditation and just a lot of getting in touch with those muscles. And so that was in Jan December, January that I started using those. And then we finally started having intercourse in February, but back in December, right. When I met with that midwife and this was really the driving reason that I met with her. Cause obviously I didn't want to, I was scared to meet with anyone else because I really did not want to have surgery. And I, but in that November, I, I just, I wanted to start our family. I just felt this draw where I knew that I wanted to have a baby and I wanted to start trying, but I just, I couldn't. So that's what led to that. And then, so right when we started having sex, we started trying and it took four months for us to get pregnant, which doesn't seem like a long time, but when you're in that moment, it seems like yeah, forever because each month is just, is this the month? Is this the month? And then it's not. And you're like, oh, okay, yeah. maybe next month. But so we finally got pregnant and then we, I really wanted to give birth naturally. I, I was a little bit spiteful of my body. I was like, you know, you put me through a bit of crap and I'm just going to show you that I can push a baby out naturally. And that's just going to be how it is. And so I really prepared myself. I found a midwife who I did not enjoy. And that was a hospital midwife. And I just, I didn't like her. I just didn't jive with her. And then I found a birth center in Utah. And I was like, oh, this is an option. I didn't know that this is an option. And they happened to be having a Labor Day sale and they had birth classes included in it. And they had a birth photographer and videographer included in this package, which was wow, amazing. Yeah, it was really nice. And so I did that and I had an amazing team that worked with me. And it was super great. My birth with him, it went pretty good. I pushing though was a bit traumatizing for me. I ended up having to be put on oxygen. I had a cervical oh lift. Oh my and, gosh. Yeah. So they, they had to hold down the cervical lift, which they wanted me on my back because it was easier for my midwives 
to hold it down while I was on my back. And yeah. I did not want to push on my back. I did not want to do that going in. So I was really upset that that was the case. And then I had to be put on oxygen and they were having a hard time finding my son's heart rate. And that was a little bit traumatizing because, you know, it's scary not knowing for sure your baby's okay, but we ended up switching positions, went into a squatting position and he came out within two pushes after we changed positions, which was super nice. And then we had him and breastfeeding was rough. It was really rough. And then we ended up switching to formula around when he was seven months. And then at 10 months, we decided maybe start trying for another one because it took us a couple <laughs> months for him to come. And so we're like, all right, well, might as well start trying because by the time we get pregnant, he'll, you know, he'll be probably o- over a year. It's like, all right. No, we got pregnant our very first month trying with baby number two, which was a huge shock. It was so funny. I went in to tell my husband that we were pregnant again and I woke him up. I'm like, babe, we're pregnant, which we both knew because we had had gummy worms the night before. And I, the smell was just making, I hated the smell of them. I couldn't stand it. So we both kind of knew, but I told him and he just looked at me. He's like, oh shit. <laughs> well, <laughs> ready or not. Here we go. Okay. Before we get there, I have so many things I want to ask you. Yes. First of all, with the vaginismus, you're waiting till you get married, which look, <laughs> I, you know, I'm Christian and that's something, it's not something that I did, but it's something that in the Christian yeah. community you are supposed to do or you're encouraged to do. But here's the thing, regardless of whether you wait to get married, well, no more if you wait to get married, because there's a lot of stress and pressure and buildup that like, this is the first time mm-hmm. and you kind of don't know what to expect and you, you're you're doing the right thing as far as what God wants you to do. Although there's all the physical stuff. I think a lot of times in these situations, in many different denominations, um, women especially aren't really prepared for what it's going to be like. So I don't know if that was your experience or not, but sex is supposed to be like the chandelier and the cape to the marriage, right? Like who here's your Superman cape and the chandelier and have fun. And although that is hard to navigate in the beginning, it's difficult because you're getting to know this person. You you're naked with somebody for the first time. It's like, it's, it's new and vulnerable and all of those things. Your situation was traumatic in a totally different way. And like, that's not what it's supposed to be like when you get married, this is supposed to be the fun part. It's like (laughs) you have a cupcake this is the icing on the cupcake. (laughs) Like being married is great, but being that's like the icing on the cupcake. So I imagine there was a lot more in that situation with your husband and how he felt about things and, and the uncertainty in yours. And we don't necessarily have to dive into that, but like, holy cow, Cambry, that's like really big that for eight months of your marriage, you were trying and could not have intercourse with the person that you married that you were expecting to do that aside from the fact that that's also how you have babies like just the intimacy in your marriage and what a challenge that would be and i'm so grateful that you at least were like wait we need a second opinion because 
we don't tend to be great at that. We're like, oh my gosh, I need surgery. There's something wrong. I'm broken. Everything's a wreck. I, you know, I can't do this. I need Valium for the rest of my life. And like, what a mind tweak that must have been in how you felt that even the medical professional that you went to, to be like, Hey, something's wrong is like, <laughs> something's real wrong. You're going to have to be on drugs. And, uh, yeah, you're going to have to be on drugs and this is going to be terrible. We're going to operate. I mean, so good for you. Kudos for being like, wait, hang on in all the midst of all of that emotion that I can't even imagine. And your husband's that you went, hang on and found somebody that you really trusted to help you with that. Um, the pelvic floor, it's a real bummer. You couldn't have kept doing that. I think that probably would have made a even more significant difference yes it I, would have it would have helped a lot but i love insurance <laughs> i gotta love insurance and looking at the self-pay price of being like i mean yeah we haven't had insurance for like eight years and every time somebody gives me a, a quote i'm like well i'm gonna have to figure that one out it's gonna take me a little <laughs> bit you know like it's not mm -hmm. it's it's not always easy to find that pocket cash that the money tree's dead so I get that. I get like it wasn't affordable and could have helped a lot. Um, what was it like after having a baby? A lot of women who have had like great sex lives have a baby and are a little panicked about like starting that all over. Like mm -hmm. you've just been through a whole lot vaginally. Was it easier for you after that? Or were you, did it help you be more in tune with your body in a different way to relax the muscles? How did things change? Um, that's so hard because just this past year, this year has been a mind blowing awakening year. You know, when you have those years where just like, oh, okay. So this, this is why, um, just in the past couple months, I have realized that my vaginismus is, a symptom of many things like vaginismus, people can get it for a variety of reasons. Um, however, I have discovered that a lot of mine came from a fear because of how I learned about sex. I, yep. the situation in which I learned specifically about the hymen. So when I went in for my first appointment and the doctor told me that mine was a bit thicker, that scared me because when I learned about sex, um, it wasn't in a good environment and all that I was really told about it was the hymen breaks and it's incredibly painful and you won't enjoy it the first couple times. So I had that on my mind. And then I also, I, in high school, I was in what I have now realized was more of an abusive relationship. And I mean, abuse comes, I've learned abuse comes in so many forms. It, you know, you growing up, I had this image, okay, sexual abuse is just rape. And it's every like rape, molestation, just all of those things. And as I've gotten older, I'm like, okay, no, there's more to it than that. It's there's so much more. And I've realized that although my situation was not near as bad as it could have been, it still was not a good situation. And because of things that I did not consent for, that may seem a little bit more PG, PG-13 in my right. life, it was big and it made my body react in ways that I did not expect. Um, so 
there is that aspect and they have to say that just because that's something that I am just now working through with because I found an amazing therapist but after I had my son it was really hard because even after we started having sex it was still hard like it I would have to close my eyes and physically relax those muscles and I would have to do so many things just to be able to get him in <laughs> lack of better words right but and so after I had the baby it was super I was super scared just because you know I I had a second degree tear with him and yeah I was super nervous about that I was still sore and there were some other things in my marriage that I'm not gonna go into but there was some other aspect playing a part of it and so after I had him it I don't know if it got any better or any worse, but it was still just as hard. It still took a long time for me to be able to get there and for me to be able to calm myself and be able to relax those muscles. And it was hard. It's not until my son, he is almost three. He'll be three in March. And just over the past six months, I have finally... Like, I don't have to work on relaxing those muscles anymore just over the past six months. So it's been a very new thing to be able to have gotten that far. But as far as birth, like birth, in my head, it wasn't a huge deal for my vaginismus. Like, it, I okay. didn't trigger it. It didn't do anything like that because I think the difference was something coming out rather than something going in. Okay. Like there was a mental block there because of my history. So giving birth wasn't hard with my vaginismus. It, but afterwards being able to have sex again, we waited the six weeks, but I wish that we would have waited longer because it was still so, or no, we waited eight weeks. Actually, I forgot we waited eight weeks. And, but even then, like part of me wishes that we would have waited longer because it was so hard. I remember that first time it was painful. It took forever for me to relax those muscles. And I wish that we would have just done other ways to be intimate instead of, because obviously we know other ways to be intimate. That's how we made it those first eight months of our marriage. <laughs> nice job. But so just, I wish that we would have waited, but I was just so wanting to get back into that and wanting to be able to have that connection that it brings but it yeah. was hard and it it took a while for me to not be scared of it hurting worse than it did before we got married simply because of all that my vagina went through it went through right. quite a bit as every yep. every person who births vaginally theirs does no matter if they tear or not but, I love that so you it was said hard, it, but it was okay. I, I'm sorry. I love that you said that it, it, you didn't have the fear and the relaxing because it was coming out and it wasn't coming in. And I'm also really, really grateful that you mentioned that for you, a big part of this was triggered by your experience and knowledge and anything that happens that you are not approving of and that you know, that's a big deal. Sexual assault in the, it's like 25% of all women, I think, don't quote me on that anybody, but 25% um, of all women will have some sort of sexual assault or issue in their life. And that's just, 
unacceptable that's an unacceptable number so i i i get that i want also to talk about so your son was seven months when you decided to wean which i mean i'm you had this beautiful birth center birth um but you always struggle with breastfeeding and you then you had to switch you decided to switch this formula mm-hmm. in seven months and there's no shame in that at all why i bring it up is because when you think things are going to go this way and then they go this way we often feel like there's some sort of failure or something that we're doing wrong and so did you work through that process pretty well oh it was hard okay. it was extremely hard i my sweet mom, she had seven kids and she breastfed almost all of us. My, my oldest brother, he's adopted, obviously she didn't breastfeed him. And then one of my younger brothers, she had a lot of postpartum mental disorders and she ended up putting him on formula. But other than that, she breastfed like all of my older siblings. And so it was a bit hard just because I knew that my mom had done it. And I knew that she is a big, big advocate for breastfeeding. And I went in, you're right. I had a, I had a birth at a birth center. I was like, this, that's natural. I'm going to breastfeed and it's just going to come naturally. But we, we got off to a rocky start from the minute that he was born when it came to breastfeeding. Mm-hmm. We didn't initiate feeding until about, oh, it was about an hour or two after he was born. So it was when he was already getting super tired. He was ready to sleep. He didn't want to eat. And it was so hard. We didn't, we weren't even really able to get him latched. We had to feed him with a syringe. And that was hard for me because I just wanted to feed this baby that I just had. And I, I couldn't, he wouldn't latch. And so I was like, okay. And then my, one of my midwives, she suggested using shield just help him be able to latch so on our way home from the birth center we stopped we picked some up and that was okay he was with that it took him each feeding session would take about 45 minutes and he was not gaining weight like he should I was like I don't know why because he's sitting he's on the boob for such a long time he should be getting enough and I can see like milk in the nipple shield when I took him off. So I knew that milk was coming through. And I, at the time I thought I had an oversupply because my, looking back, I'm like, if I could go back and tell new mom, first time Cambry, that it was okay to give her bottle, her baby, a bottle of breast milk, instead of storing it in the freeze, I would have, because I, my entire freezer was stocked with breast milk and yet it never occurred to me to give my baby that milk. Like he was struggling with weight gain and yet it never occurred to me that I could give him a bottle of this milk. Like it just never, I never even thought of it. I'm like, no, he's supposed to eat from the boob. He eats for 30 minutes each feeding. So he should, and that's just on one side, 30 minutes on one side. So I was like, he should be gaining weight and this should be fine. So that was hard. And then when he was three months old, I finally saw a lactation consultant because I had not seen one until then and found out that he had multiple ties 
in his mouth. He was lip tied, tongue tied, and then he had the two buckle ties on each cheek. Yes, he was very tied up. So I went and we got those revised. And then he was finally, we were able to nurse without the breast, the nipple shield, which was great except I kept bleeding. I would just bleed and bleed. And to the point where there was one day he had slept mostly through the night and I went, so I was pumping on one side while he was eating on the other. Cause at this time he was only eating on one side per feeding cause he was gaining weight really well. So he would just do one side per feeding and he was fine. So I was pumping the other side and I wasn't looking while I was pumping. And I, after I was done, I looked at it and the pump was filled with blood. Like it, it looked like someone had put food coloring in my milk. It was so red and so bloody. And then after that, it just went more downhill where he would be puking up blood. And he, I saw, I saw two other lactation consultants after that first one. So two more after his tongue tie release, neither one of them knew what was happening. They both said that everything looked great. Everything looks normal. They don't know why I'm bleeding. And to it was even to the point where I went and I had an ultrasound on my breast just to see if there was anything like any, I have a family history of breast cancer. I'm actually BRCA2 positive. So I know that my chances are increased. So I ended up having an ultrasound and they found something. So I had to have a mammogram and then I got a biopsy and then it came back normal. And I'm like, okay, so it's nothing wrong internally. And we just, we could not figure it out. And I, I just could not watch my son puke up blood anymore. And I knew that there was damage being caused to my nipples. Like I could see, I could look and I could see cracks like in the middle of them where the blood would be coming from, but it was coming from like internal, not so much external. And so I finally, after six months of this, I decided that if I wanted to have any chance of breastfeeding future children that I needed to switch because I, I mentally couldn't handle it anymore. I couldn't handle seeing my little baby puke up the milk. I couldn't handle the pain. He would be latched for two seconds. And I my toes would be curled and it was extremely painful. And so we finally switched to formula and that was so hard because I knew that it was the right thing, but coming from a family where all of us were breastfed and my mom, very natural minded. And I had felt a little bit of pressure to have a good experience. It was so hard. And then it happened again with my daughter, very, a little bit different. It was a little bit easier with her for the most part up until she got a bit older and then it got harder. But so then with her, I switched her to formula at six months as well, just because I couldn't handle the puking up blood. I just, I hated that. And so it it was extremely, extremely hard with both of my babies, but especially my first to switch them to formula just mentally because I wanted to breastfeed them so much. And I just, I physically I I couldn't, I had plenty of milk. I mean, I could have exclusively pumped. I really could have, Right. I I am a cow. (laughs) So I definitely could have. And for my daughter, I did exclusively pump for quite a while, but I just, 
it's, it's hard pumping and yeah. it's just not what I had envisioned. And at that point it was, well, if I'm, if I'm gonna be giving my baby a bottle, then I would rather give formula just because pumping was mentally hard for me. And it was hard wondering each yeah. time I pumped, if I was going to see blood. So yeah, I, mean, I finally, so rough, Cambry. And, yeah, it, so it was rough. extremely hard. I know you got pregnant quickly the second time. So your kids are really close in age, 18 yes, months, 18 months apart. Yep. Mm -hmm. And, um, your second delivery, you ended up having a hospital water birth and you loved your provider, which was a good <laughs> yes. change. Right. But you had, I want you to talk just briefly about the issues you had with that, because you are very relatable to other women, um, who have gone through something similar. So with my problems with like, you hemorrhaged. Oh, yes. Yes. So with my son, um, going back a little bit, I never got told that I hemorrhaged after. I don't think it was to the point of hemorrhaging. However, my mom, who, as I said, she has lots of babies. She did tell me and she, she has been to a couple births for my older siblings. And she told me afterwards, she's like, you had a lot of blood loss after I was a little bit worried but I never told that I had been told that I was hemorrhaging or anything like that and it was just more blood loss than my mom felt was normal but I never, never told that I was hemorrhaged with my first and so I probably didn't it may have just been a normal amount and we just didn't know I don't know however with my second like you said I did give birth in a hospital and I did have a water birth which was not actually allowed at the hospital but I had talked to my doctor about it beforehand and I had asked her, like, do you allow water births? And she's like, technically, no. But if you're in the tub and you can't get out, I'm not going to force you get, to get out. So I'm like, cool, cool. I'll keep that in my little memory bank. So with her, I was in the tub for 90% of her labor. The only time I wasn't was when they were monitoring when I first got there for that first half hour to hour. And I could not get out of the tub. So I birthed her in the tub. It was a beautiful experience. I loved it. It was amazing. And then afterwards, it, oh, afterwards was hard. They, I gave birth and then they moved me from the tub to the bed um, because I had quite a bit of blood. There was a gush of blood in the birth pool when I had given birth to her. So they were a bit worried. So they moved me to the bed and then they they saw that I was hemorrhaging. I delivered the placenta and my doctor, my sweet doctor, I love her, but she told me, she's like, you're hemorrhaging. I need to go in there and I need to get these clots out because if I don't, then it could be bad. And with my vaginismus though, so she was physically, like I could feel her reaching up her whole entire hand and pulling these blood clots out. And I could feel her like scraping around my uterus to make sure she got everything and with my vaginismus that was terrible it was terrible because at this point even when we were having sex at this point I was still mentally preparing myself like every time we have sex now even now like I, I just am able to do the mental preparation before I'm like okay we're gonna have sex I know easier how to relax those but even then like even when I still when I put in a period cup like I still 
when it's things that aren't the penis now, I'm still having to work through that. And especially yeah. then, and right after having a baby too, because I had a second second degree terror with her as well. And so she was reaching out, getting these clots and it was terrible because I, I did not have time to mentally prepare myself. She would go in, pull out a clot and then go right back in to grab another. Meanwhile, I had a nurse pressing on my stomach doing the fundal massages. <laughs> they are very poorly named. There's nothing, nothing massaging about those. So I had my midwife's hand in there while someone was like pressing on it. And this nurse, I, I may have loved her while I was in labor. I don't actually remember. I know that there was one nurse who I loved in labor, but if that was the same nurse, I hated her afterwards. <laughs> She kept telling me, she's like, oh, you're okay, you're okay. And I just wanted to kick her in the face. I'm like, no, I am not okay. <laughs> don't tell me I'm okay. You don't get it. But so it was really, really hard to be able to have that and to just, it was right after birth. I don't even really remember holding my baby much after. I mean, I know I held her a little bit in the tub because it was about 10 minutes in between the tub and the bed. So I know that I held her afterwards, but I don't really remember much because all I remember is that because it was just so horrible that like, that's kind of when I think about right after she was born, that's kind of what I think about is just how hard and how painful that was. You've been through a lot with your um experience from getting married all the way through to both of these babies and at some point along the way after i think the first one you decided to become a doula and you're also adding photography so i have everything in the show notes where people can find you but tender little mercies is your mm -hmm. business name and i i want to end on like why you decided to become a doula and um Tell us a, a little bit about you and your business, because we're here to share that. Yeah. So after my son was born, I had a great support during his birth. I had my husband and my mom, and my mom had come to all the birth classes with us. And so she knew how to do all the counter pressure, as did my husband. And it was just great. And then with, so I wondered a little bit after I had him, I'm like, I really enjoyed giving birth. Like, I really Overall, I enjoyed it. It was hard, but like very empowering and I really enjoyed it. And so I thought, I was like, okay, I don't want to be a midwife because I do not, I don't do needles. I don't want to have those decisions. I don't want to make them. It's, I don't want to do that. So I was like, okay, what else can I do to be in this birth world? Because I just loved it. And I, growing up, I never knew what I wanted to be. Never. I mean, I would flip to one thing to the next. I even wanted to be a Disney princess. Like I wanted well, to go to Disneyland we and all do. be a yes. princess, you know, <laughs> but so I never knew. And even my husband, like I told him that I was thinking about being a doula and he's like, okay, if you want to, you can, but we talked later and he's like, you know, I thought it was just going to be like everything else where you're like, yeah, I want to do this. And then two months later, you're like, yeah, I don't want to do it. So, and I wondered that too. So I thought a lot about it and, but never really did anything about it. And then I had my daughter and with her, I had just another amazing experience other than the end there. But other than that, it was just amazing. And I loved it. And I 
just knew that this birth world was where I wanted to be because I am just so drawn to it. And through everything that I've been through with my body, I just, I want to be there to be able to support other women because we all have our own stories. We all have our own birth stories. None of them go exactly the same and as they shouldn't because we're all unique. And I just knew that I wanted to do that. And with photography, that, that has been something I grew up with my older sister being a photographer. And so growing up in a big family, I always felt like we kind of all had our roles. My older sister was a photographer. My other sister was the singer. I was more of an artist. I'm very creative minded drawn. And so I never delved into photography. I was always interested, but never delved in because I felt like, well, it's my sister's thing. It's, it's not my thing. It's her thing. And, but I had a birth photographer with both of my babies and I loved it. I love looking back and seeing those pictures and those videos and just knowing that my husband wasn't the one that had to take them. He was able to be there 100% for me. I had someone else who that was her job. And so I got into photography last year, a little bit, and I've been doing it and I had my first doula birth and my first photography birth just last month. And it was amazing. And I loved it. So I, I'm just so excited to continue that journey. Cambry, thank you so much for being on and being so vocal and honest and vulnerable about your story. I really appreciate you. Well, thank you. And thank you so much for having me.